welcome to the Destined for Success podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and this podcast used to be called New Manager Media, Managed Right from the Start. Many of the concepts are the same, but there's a little shift. There's a shift because I know we are all destined for success, and I want to help you find the fastest, smoothest way to reach your highest best as quickly as possible. Join me in today's episode where you're going to come up with new ways to build your skills and influence others to make the impact you desire to make. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Welcome to Destined for Success. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and today is such an exciting day. I'm at a networking event for podcasters, either who have podcasts or want podcasts or want to be guests on podcasts called Potapalooza. That's a mouthful and super fun. I have been able to connect with some amazing people, and now you get the benefit of meeting Shiraz. Shiraz lives in Toronto and works with coaches and healers, and I can't wait to jump in this conversation. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. Great to be here. Yeah. So what is like, what, what do you, how do you help people? How do you help people get beyond the I'm incapable, I'm not good enough to I am unstoppable and I'm Superman, just like your beautiful bookshelves. <laughs> when I have conversations with people, I can tell when your conscious beliefs match your unconscious beliefs. So oftentimes I'm working with someone, they say, you know, what I'd really like to do is I'd like to be on a stage in front of 10,000 people. And I'll be like, no, you don't. That's not actually coming up true. And then we'll dig down and start finding out what's going on with that, that ambition, whether it's to be more visible, to make more money, to change a lot of lives. And for instance, like a stage in front of 10,000 people, there could be this underlying story that what if I get up there and they hate me? And I have 10,000 people looking at me going, who is this person on stage? What are they talking about? It's full of, they're full of crap. And if that story is running in the background, then you're going to try and get those stages, but you're going to come up with excuses as to why you can't get them. And, or you might get one and then you'll be sick the day that you're supposed to go up there. Right. That used to happen to me in high school. I, I used to run track and I, my, my specialty was 800 meter and I would always do really, really well at my school, but then they send, send me out for the state ones and I would be sick every time those came up. And I, I didn't realize I was doing it to myself. And I was like frustrated. Why do I always get the flu the day I'm supposed to go out and, and run against these other people? But then when I look back at it, there was that thing, well, what if I don't come in first like I, I usually, what if I came in last in front of way more people? Oh my God, no. And so I made myself sick. I got the flu and I didn't know I was doing it. And I find that this happens with a lot of people. And it's interesting because you start to lower your ambitions because of these fears and you don't think I'm settling for less. Sometimes you might think, okay, I've got to settle for less, but most of the time people just think it's too, it's too big a hurdle. It's too much to go through. Other people are getting these opportunities, but I'm not, I don't know how to access these opportunities. And so your ambitions get lower and lower and lower, and you just keep struggling when there's no need to. One thing that happened for me 
growing up was I had to deal with a lot of racism because I present somewhere between black and Indian because I'm a mix of several different cultures. And so I, I, while it was really cool on one side, I got subjected to both black and Indian racial slurs. And when I started traveling, I stopped, I got stopped at the airports a lot. And they would stop me to ask me all sorts of extra questions. I'd be with friends that were white and they let those people go and hold me back. And I'm like, okay, so this is what it's like to be a black man traveling. I got my luggage search. If I was crossing the border by car, I get my car searched. And one time I was in Spain and I even got strip searched. And that was actually one of the more pleasant experiences, ironically, because I was in really good shape. And when, and they hadn't just stopped me, they brought like, 10, 10 of us, all black guys, to the jail to stay in the night and then figure out in the morning who was actually in the country illegally. And when they were stripping us down, the holding cell where they had the, the ladies of the night was right by us. So the girls were watching. And when my clothes came off, they were like, woo, baby, look at you. And the other guys didn't get that. It was just me. Right? So I was just like, it's not so bad. Right? So. I could be standing here butt naked in Spain. It'd be good. Uh, where were you in Spain, by the way? Madrid. Of Madrid. All places. Wow. Yeah. I, I, that surprises me. I went to school in Seville. So craziness. It's, it was interesting because when they, like they threw me in a wagon and then they threw another black guy and another black guy. And I started to see the pattern and I was looking out that little window from the, the, the wagon. And I would, I saw them at one point come up to these two black guys and they each reached in, pulled out this card they had in their, their shirt pocket and then the guy left. And apparently that's just what you do when you were there, that you see the cops coming, you flash a card and you just go about your business. But we were all tourists. So we didn't have the cards, right? You didn't know to flash, like you didn't know the protocol. I didn't know the protocol. You didn't get the memo. Yeah. Wow. So, but this is the thing, it, those experiences not only, you know, made me adverse to traveling and I knew, I knew what the routine was gonna be when I traveled, but it lowered my ambitions in other areas of my life. And there was another effect because I was talking to one of my coaches about it. And he's like, Shiraz, are you done with the story yet? Are you ready to step out of it? And I'm like, racism is not a story. Racism is a real thing. He goes, yeah, racism is a real thing. But how it affects you is your story. Because you're not talking about you're driving along the road and you get pulled over by the cop and then all this sorts of stuff happen, which is a common story with Black people because it happens a lot. Yours is always the airport. <laughs> it's always when you're crossing borders. And, uh, and I said, okay, but at the same time, I'd learned about how stories work and you never have a story unless it's got some sort of a benefit for you. And I said, there's no benefit to this story. It's causing delays, you know, I, I, it's causing embarrassment. There's all sorts of things going on. He goes, but Shiraz, whenever you tell the story, you light up. You're waiting for my reaction to your story. You're looking for the shock, you're looking for the sympathy and you're feeding off it. And I went, oh, crap, he's right. <laughs> I was doing that. So I was creating more adversity. And then I was feeding off the adversity and telling it to other people. And I realized that a lot of the people I was working with were doing the exact same thing. If you're telling your story of adversity to person after person after person, you're enjoying the feedback. You're creating more adversity because you got to keep it going. You can't keep telling the same story over and over again. You've got to keep the material fresh. And... I've worked with so many people and watched them do this and then make them realize, yeah, 
you're loving this story, aren't you? Look how, look how your eyes are just shining as you're telling me that you didn't get that job again, or you got turned down again, or they put this extra hurdle in front of you and no one else. It's like, you love it. My story is different. I'm special because of all the extra stuff I have to go through. And when you're willing to let that go, life just gets easier. So I, I'm an avid note taker, so I'm taking notes. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm catching up. I'm catching up. So, like, how can I let that story go? Because I am a really good storyteller. Okay. And um, yeah, so I guess then it's identifying which story is tied to consistent outcomes, possibly, that are not what I want. And see, this is, this is the thing. You're addicted to the old story and you've become reliant on the old story. That's your, that's your go-to story. That, you know what the results are going to be like when you tell that story. So letting go of it is going to hurt, <laughs> okay? But when you switch it up and you create these other stories that are really, really cool, but on the other side of the spectrum, instead of creating obstacles in your path and overcoming them, you create challenges that you've decided to put in front of you and overcome those. Then when you talk about your successes, it's a whole different conversation. So instead of saying, I couldn't get it because I was black and I got stopped because I was black and this was all, all going on. Now my conversations are things like, well, um, yeah, just, just recently I've decided I wanna be on 150 different stages this year. Stages being defined as, in person, online, podcast, radio, like just those, those stages. And a week after I made that decision, I got contacted by, by several people to be on their summits, their podcasts. Their like, and I, was, I hadn't done anything yet. I'm like, we're, we're, what's going on? Right? And so that's the story now. It's just like these magical things are showing up for me. And people are like, oh my God. How do you do that? I love this. You just keep doing things like that. And I'm like, yeah, but I, this is the story I'm thriving off now instead of, you know, I made the decision to be on 150 stages and it's been six weeks. I haven't even been on a stage. This is so frustrating. I'm working my ass off and I'm not getting anything. That's what it would have been like years ago. Screw that. <laughs> Screw that. I like the story I got now. Well, and Kimberly Crow, uh, who is one of the um, hosts of Potapalooza, says, if someone offers you a mic, what do you do? You take it. <laughs> and so <laughs> now you're stepping into taking it every day. So I have a story. Uh, it's kind of driving my life because that's what we do. I've now decided I want a new story. That's going to drive me where I really want to go. Yeah. And so is there, do you use visualization for that? Do you just wake up with inspiration? How do you decide or did you what your new story, like my new story, instead of mm -hmm. uh, nobody asked me to speak, I'm going to be on 150 platforms this year. Like, yeah. how did that happen? So one part of it is intention, right? You set this intention of what's gonna happen. The second part is allowance, in that you're allowing both the good and the bad to show up. Because the thing I found out is if you're in resistance, you stop things from happening. And people think, oh, I'm in allowance of the good things to show up, but I'm in resistance to the bad things to show up. 
but the more resistant you are to the bad things showing up, the less good things show up. It's really interesting how it works, right? So uh, just for an example with, uh, let's say you wanna get into a wonderful relationship, okay? And, but you've had your heart broken. So you're like, okay, I want a relationship, but I don't want to get my heart broken. I got to make sure I don't get my heart broken. So I got to stay, keep my heart tight. I got to check this person out. I got to make sure they're good. I got to test them out. And so you meet a new partner and you're in that resistance to getting your heart broken. And so you're not opening up your heart and your partner is ready to have this most amazing relationship with you. But they're like, oh, Jennifer's not opening up her heart. She's, there's, I feel like there's this resistance. I feel the, there's little tests going on. I don't want a relationship with someone like this. And then they leave. And you're like, good thing I had that resistance because they left. I saved myself broken harder. my heart even more. <laughs> right? <laughs> so from your point of view, everything's working out, but you're missing these opportunities to have wonderful relationships. And it applies to having business relationships, uh, making money, like whatever it is, the more you're resistant to the bad, the more you're actually stopping the good. Now, the intention is always to create the good, but you wanna be an allowance for both good and bad to show up. And then the last thing is you have to step out of addiction to the old story, because you are actually addicted to it. Every time that story plays out, you get to be right. Every time you're right, your brain hits you with dopamine. And then you wanna get that fixed over and over again. So if the story is every time I try to build my business it just falls apart and I have to start again. When that happens, you're like, see, happened again, I'm right. And human beings often choose being right over being rich, over being successful, over being happy, over being healthy, over having wonderful relationships. And there is an addiction there. You can still get your dopamine hit with a positive result, but you don't want to let go of what you already know works. So it's overcoming that. I, I had a year back in 2005 and it was, it was a difficult year. And we all have those difficult seasons, right? It just, it's just crazy town what happens. My dad was diagnosed with cancer and we were back and forth to MD Anderson for cancer treatments. My mother had had a stroke, so we we're taking care of her. And then my grandmother dies. And then my 38 year old cousin dies. And then my brother gets, and he dies. And like, I, every time I turned around, it was like something else. Mm -hmm. And, and you don't want to get caught up in it, but it's like kind of your life. Like, I didn't do anything to make any of these things happen, but I'm living with them. And I, I had to go to the airport and pick up this gentleman that was coming into our office for several days. And we had talked on the phone a lot. We had met once or twice in person, but this is the first time we'd like been together and we were going to have dinner and stuff. And there was a small group of us. And he said, well, how's it going, Jennifer? And I was like, oh my gosh, this year has just worn me out already. We have several more months to go. And well, what's happening? And I told him, and he was quite a bit older than me. And he said, I just want to let you know, everybody's going to have a year like that. And they don't come very often, but they do happen. Hmm. And I was like, oh, and it like gave me the freedom to let go of the story. Like I can tell the story without getting in the middle of it now. Right. Because time has passed and I stepped out of the story but I don't even want to think about what my life would have been like if I had continued, like all those things had happened, but if I had gotten into the mindset of that's how my life always is, what other catastrophes like I would have created? Cause it would have been me, you know, setting up the scenario at that point. But 
as you were talking and sharing that, I just thought of that because it was so wonderful of him to say that happens to everybody. It's not going to last forever. And sure enough, it did not last forever. <laughs> we moved on beyond it, but it can be hard to do that. So is there, I'm kind of answering my own question as I answer the, or ask the question, but is there a good way to check that barometer on if we're in that loop? Cause it kind of becomes a loop. It, yeah, definitely. That, and that's how I define a story is something that happens over and over and over again is your story you i mean if you're seeing things happen over and over again you're definitely in the loop if you're complaining about the same things you're in the loop and if you want to get out of the loop for number one you got to recognize that you're there if you're still having problems you, you've got to go to someone that can get you out of the loop like that's when i work with people that's the whole thing is i'm stuck in the loop get me out of it and some of my clients really get how this works because I have clients that do it for, for certain things in lives, but then some of them have really picked up on how powerfully you're creating your reality around you. And one of my clients, I'm so proud of her because she's gone through so much and now she just gets it. And she called me the other week and she said, my brother and my boyfriend are always fighting. And I need to get them to stop fighting. And I looked at her, I said, do you want me to talk to them and stop them from fighting? And she goes, no, you taught me that anything that happens over and over and over in my life is my creation. I want it there for some reason. So obviously I want them to fight and that's why they're fighting. And so I want, I want to find out why I want them to fight and we, let's, let's shift it. And I'm like, I did tell you that, but I've never had a client say, I want it to affect other people unless, unless it's like, I want this girl to love me. And I'm like, I can't make women love you. <laughs> let, let that go. <laughs> but she was in the, just the right headspace. They're fighting because part of me wants them to fight this. I'm getting something out of it. And when we started looking at it, we found out that she had this unconscious belief that if they didn't fight each other, both of them are the type of guys that tease and, and bug people and they team up on her. So as long as they're fighting, she's safe, she's neutral. And so we shifted that belief. And then she called me four hours later and she said, they're now hanging out. They stopped fighting. <laughs> like, Holy crap. <laughs> so. You know, when you tell people that they create their own reality, uh, there can be a lot of resistance to that. And mm -hmm. it is so true though. And you know, you can't make people, you know, get it or grasp it. They have to kind of come into it on their own. So if somebody wanted to work with you, um, what kind of services do you provide? How would I get in touch with you? We'll put it all in the show notes, but just tell us briefly, like, how can we play in your playground in Toronto? In Toronto, but technically everything I do is online. So it doesn't matter where you are. Right. Uh, my website is energeticmagic.com. And there's three big ways I play with people. Number one is my group program called the Monthly Magic Program, where we meet twice a month and in a group setting and just start finding out what's coming up for people, what stories are running. And every month when one person says, I've got this story, and then I say, it's, oh, it's, we trace it down. It's because of this belief. 
whole bunch of people go, oh my God, I've got the same belief. <laughs> and so we get rid of it for everyone at the same time. And that's a really popular program. A lot of people have shifts and, and you start to see that magic happening around in your life. So that's number one. Number two is private coaching. So some people don't want to air all this stuff in front of people. And I have a six month program where we just transform your way of thinking, get you out of the addiction of the current stories and then send you off into a new reality. And number three is for people that look at what I do and they go, oh my God, you've got such a gift. And I'm like, no, I don't. This is completely teachable. I learned this. I can train you how to do it. I love that. So for all our listeners, all the contact information will be in the show notes. Shiraz, it has been so awesome to get to know you and meet you. And uh, I hope we get to play again virtually in the near future. I, I love your messaging. And I just, I just love, I got to write a new story. <laughs> Thank I you. Thank you so much for having me. Fighting. <laughs> What's it? I mean, my book is how to rewrite reality, right? Oh. And it's basically an instruction manual on how to do that for yourself. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for your time. And for our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. taking your time to spend with me on this latest podcast of Destined for Success. Please take a moment to leave a review, share it with a friend, and subscribe and get the newest episodes every Monday morning. I'm Jennifer Takagi and I look forward to connecting with you soon.